Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. I'm changing the flavor today a little bit. I actually have my dear friend, Commissioner in DeKalb County, which is in the state of Georgia, Ted Terry, former mayor of Clarkston, Georgia, a true progressive. We've been friends for many years, I always endorse his campaign, no matter who he's running against. Sometimes it gets me in trouble, but guess what? He always wins, so what? Ted, Commissioner Ted Terry, good day, welcome. Hey, welcome, thank you, Dr. Dr. Ritchie. You know, Appreciate you never here. called me Dr. Ridge. You you always <laughs> called me Rashad. It felt strange, didn't it? Didn't it? That's true. No, you you earned it. You earned it. <laughs> uh, man, I, I appreciate your friendship over the years. Not only uh, you as a public servant who believes in progressive policies to create solutions. We're going to go over some of those progressive policies and one of your latest policies that actually creates an answer to what has been happening nationally and things we've covered on Indisputable. All right. Um, you are that guy, uh, but also uh, you've lectured my college classes. Uh, you are a big hit with the students, all of that good stuff, man. So we appreciate your service. So commissioner, you were the first mayor, the first city in the state of Georgia to successfully decriminalize marijuana. You then increased the minimum wage for all city workers to $15 an hour. You took your police officers out of their cars and put them on feet and bicycles. You made voting a national, well, a city holiday on election day. All right, tell us about these progressive policies, how you got them implemented, and what was the pushback typically from those around you? That's right. Thanks, Rashad. And absolutely, I mean, I grew up as an organizer. And so for most of my political career, I've been on the outside looking in. And so, you know, a big part of my philosophy is, you know, when you elect progressives or elect organizers to office, you know, our call to action is, is, is present and it's urgent because a lot of us, I think, who may have experience in whether it's protest movements, advocacy movements, educational awareness, just you know, grassroots political work. Um, there's urgency out there. People tell us every day that they are struggling, that they need help, that they need answers, and the people in power sometimes don't um, have that same urgency. So when I became a mayor back in 2013, um, or elected in 2013, started in 2014, I was 30 years old. I was the youngest mayor in Clarkson's history and definitely the youngest mayor in Georgia at the time. Although I'm proud to say other younger mayors have been elected since then. I also have gotten older, so that also <laughs> counts against me. <laughs> um, but I, you know, it, um, I, I will say that. Clarkston being in DeKalb County, East Metro Atlanta um, is a pretty democratic county. It's a, it's a town that's known as the most ethnically diverse square mile in America. Um, so we, we have uh, aspects of our community that are you know, uh, pro-immigration, pro-welcoming uh, refugees, um, as well as uh, the fact that like Bernie Sanders did really well in our in our town. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was a Bernie Sanders delegate, um, you know, a lot of the things that he ran on were things that were um, that inspired me, and so when I didn't see federal or state action happening on ma marijuana possession and decriminalization, or election day as a holiday, um, or raising the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour, which at the time, you know, back in 2016 when we did this, it was considered sort of you know the standard. Um, but cost of living has gone up, and we probably need a, a minimum wage increase beyond that now. Um, but you know that the, 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 when you get to that place where you're the new guy, the new gal. 
while the new person on the block and you're challenging the status quo, there will always be pushback, always, 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 yeah. even if it's from fellow Democrats, which happens. Yep. That's right. You know, you and I have been on panels and talked about the decriminalization of marijuana. And there was one particular panel for the city of South Fulton when they were discussing how can they move to a place to decriminalize. Now over, after you did it, over 20 cities have done it or taken measures that basically did it in a de facto way, including the city of Atlanta. So um, I would never forget, man, I was a second semester college professor. This was back in 2016. I'm a second semester college professor, and there's this cat, right? Good brother, came from my old neighborhood. So obviously, I have a bias in his favor. I'm rooting for him because I know what he had to get through just to get into that college class. We get about four weeks into the semester, financial aid sends him a paper from the financial aid department saying that federal financial aid will not cover his classes. He sends me the email. He says, Dr. Richie, I don't understand this. I said, let me let me make some phone calls. So I started making phone calls, right? And I didn't know about the rule. And the rule was, and still is actually, if you have any drug conviction, even if it's minor, you can be denied federal aid for the rest of your natural life. See, that doesn't fit the penalty. And in his scenario, Commissioner, He was in the car, four people in the car. There was a bag, a nickel bag of marijuana. Nobody wanted to take responsibility. All of them got charged. And the prosecutor said, okay, everybody can take a diversion program. He said, yes, diversion, no problem. But it counted as a technical conviction because it was outside of the city ordinance rule and it was an actual misdemeanor. What you did is you made it an ordinance issue where someone would have to pay a fine if it was prosecuted. Is that basically the sentiment of it? That's right, exactly. Because a lot of municipalities generate revenues from those arrests, and but it 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 shows up on your record, you know, through that that county court system. And so the goal here is to keep it sort of as an administrative fine, basically akin to a traffic ticket. But then also the fact that you know even cities that were you know kind of de facto decriminalization, they were charging a thousand dollar tickets, yeah, which is a lot of money for a lot of people. And so we made ours a seventy dollar fine. Um, I think I, I was going for, for just no fine, <laughs> right. but we had to compromise. And so, you know, that's the idea is we, we, the war on drugs has failed. Um, and because state law preempts local control in the matter, um, this was literally the only thing we could do uh, in terms of, of reform. And so, yeah. but I think it has made a difference across um, the, the, the 20 plus jurisdictions. I think it's almost covering a million people in Georgia um, at this point. So that, that's a step in the right direction, but we need to get it to change the state and federal level too. You have a lot of progressives who are watching us right now. They're gonna watch when we repost it on social media, YouTube. Two things that happened to you during that time. One, the governor of Georgia came out against you. The governor of Georgia said you did not have the legal authority to do what you did. And you said, I'm gonna do it anyway, test me. And guess what, you were right, the governor was wrong. But if you would have been frightened by the governor saying you did not have the legal authority, guess what, not only would Clarkson not have the law, but the 20 plus other cities never would have done it either. Because the governor said you did not have the right nor the legal authority to do it. Number two, the other part that was against you was that everybody, the naysayers were saying, everybody's gonna go to Clarkson to smoke marijuana, (laughs) remember that? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. if they want to, that's fine, I don't care. <laughs> right, and that's <laughs> the problem. perfect response to that. that. Okay, cool, no problem, we'll get a bunch of $70 tickets. What, 
Yeah. What's the issue? And some people are willing to say, listen, I'm gonna pay $70 to be open and free in a space where I can be protected, safe. I don't have to worry about police harassment, etc. cetera. Um, you, you led that effort, man, and it has blessed the, the state of Georgia totally. Let's talk about your latest policy about gun safety. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so the Oxford High School shooting in Michigan just a couple weeks ago, I think underscored the fact that there are a lot of holes in our gun control laws, as we all know. But in this particular scenario, it was a minor who gained access to their parents' handgun that was stored in the nightstand. So the basic evidence-based policymaking that other states and other jurisdictions that can you know, adopt some of these safe storage ordinances is that you see a reduction in school shootings, a reduction in accidental deaths you know, from young people. And you also see violent crime go down because a part of the safe storage is also trying to you know, keep guns out of the hands of criminals. So our ordinance simply says that it's the law in DeKalb County um, to uh, safely secure your firearm um, if you believe that a minor or an unauthorized person could gain access to it. And so if you don't follow it, it's a $500 fine. Uh, but you know, it's not meant to be a punitive measure. It's meant to, it's in the idea of uh, legislate then educate, uh, much like seatbelt laws, uh, Dr. Ritchie. Um, we, we know that it is against the law uh, to not buckle up a minor um, when they're in the car. And that same philosophy needs to take place when you are in a home or um, uh, or have children visiting that there is a there is not a way for them to get access to it. And we see it every year. We had it over Thanksgiving, a five year old family um, in uh, um, South Fulton County. Uh, last year, a family, another five year old um, in DeKalb County, Lithonia, Georgia killed because they got access to a gun, were playing with it, it went off and they killed um, or injured. And you see this over and over again. And they're, they're, they're preventable tragedies. Uh, that, and I'm also glad to say the technology for safe storage has gotten a whole lot better. Just like you can unlock your phone with your face print or your thumbprint, um, these technologies exist to where if anyone is concerned that their gun might be locked away you know in the middle of a home invasion there is technology out there that um, that makes it have you know quicker access and so i think we're at a point now where the common sense says that we need to um, do all we can to uh, prevent these unnecessary deaths when you talk about evidence based policies let me remind everyone that virtually 100% all jurisdictions that have some kind of rule like this that says there's a penalty if you do not safely um, lock away your weapons uh, for jurisdictions that enforce the rule that's already on the books, right? Your, your simple gross negligence rules. They show declines of accidental deaths across the board. The cause and effect relationship, the data is there 100%. Let me ask you about the pushback, because obviously you're gonna get pushback. Have you received pushback from Democrats yet? Uh, no, not from Democrats yet. Okay. Although I think there's a general aversion to being sued uh, in government. So you know the county attorneys and <laughs> the, the lawyers are involved. Um, you know they, they tend to be kind of conservative, and and yeah, I think they're expecting some uh, gun uh, rights movement. We have a lot in Georgia that are very far right um, that they might challenge us. Uh, you know, federal and state challenges. So yeah, yeah. Possible. You also have the right to life and liberty. Um, and uh, this is what legislation like this aims to do. Uh, anything else on the agenda, 2022 coming around, we're gonna have a lot in the electoral uh, space to talk about, but you got any plans for 2022? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm continuing to work on my three sort of pillars of my commission campaign. That's environmental resilience. So we are looking at a 100% clean energy and clean transportation commitment to align with what is coming out of the most recent climate accords. So matching our local commitment to the federal and international commitments, working on housing access, affordable housing, housing reform, more accessibility, addressing systems of racism that exist in the housing market um, that have existed for 100 plus years. Um, those are things that I've got agendas on in DeKalb. And then we're doing uh, justice reform, whether it's criminal or police reform. And you know, I know you, you heard about the, the police shooting uh, in DeKalb County earlier this year that is currently under investigation, but it was a mental health issue. Um, yep. And so we have got to do more to address mental health um, training and mental health support within our 911 system. And so we're working with the family of um, the, the, the gentleman who was killed in that that really a preventable tragedy um, to create a mental health uh, call system where um, police officers can clearly know that um, that individuals involved might be having a mental health issue or there might be some family connection. Uh, any Anything that we can do to, to close that information gap. So when law enforcement are responding to a 911 call, they have as much information as possible. And if we know that there's a mental health issue, we bring to bear our crisis response unit, which by the way, DeKalb County is one of the first in Georgia to have a co-responder program over 20 years ago. Um, actually, it was Commissioner Larry Johnson um, who pushed it way back then. Um, so we're expanding that unit to include four more um, crisis co-responder units and we're adding more layers to it so we can um, be able to respond to uh, things that you know sometimes uh, not everyone's most well equipped to respond to. You know, one thing I really appreciate about your leadership, Ted, uh, you and I have been friends for 15 years. You've always been the same guy. Uh, and when you would run for office, you ran on a very progressive platform. And then you got an office and all of a sudden the headline says, you're pushing it, you're pushing it, and you did it. You got it passed, right? And then another progressive policy, Ted Terry's trying to do what? Yep, pushing it, pushing it, and you got it passed. You did not go in with the mindset, I have to compromise and be like everybody else. You literally change the trajectory of the state of Georgia through your leadership from Clarkston and beyond. So for those who are watching this and they would like to support strong progressive leadership, how can they follow you? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my website's commissionertedterry.com. Uh, and anyone who obviously lives in DeKalb County would love to work with you on these reforms. Um, and then we, you know, we we work at, we're working with local elected leaders across the country on some of these progressive reforms, especially on the most recent gun storage legislation with every town um, and moms demand action. And so anyone who thinks that their local mayor, city council, county commissioner should be implementing these policies, find out if they have those safe, secure ordinances in place. And if they don't, have them reach out to me. Um, we'll get them connected with the, the draft ordinance um, and some of the, you know, the, the facts and the figures and the evidence that you pointed out. There's so much evidence, Dr. Ritchie, that says this is a smart policy. Uh, responsible gun owners support it. Responsible gun owners do it. Um, mm -hmm. So this is something that should be bipartisan and non-controversial. Very well said, Commissioner Ted Terry. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. All right.